Lord, we just thank you for this evening. We thank you for each person that's here. We ask you to bless this time as we open your word and to study your word and see what you'd have us to learn from all of this in your son's name. Amen. All right, so last week we talked about the children of Israel starting to divide the land by lot. And we, we talked about Caleb uh, asking for his land that he was promised. And uh, we're going to continue on the whole section on the land being developed. Uh, being spread out. So Joshua chapter 15, starting at verse 1. And you might want to have your uh, little maps that I gave you with the borders of the uh, places so you might be able to see that what we're talking about. He understood what it meant to, to fight for what it was he was after. He knew that God was faithful. And you know, this is, I love Caleb because he is such a man that says, I want to basically test God. Is God going to be faithful? Because he's 80-something years old, and he's saying, I want to take this piece of property that God has promised me. And God gives it to him because of his faith. You know, and he's one of the ones that in the beginning, just like Joshua said, the land is good. God's going to give it to us because God is going to give it to us. And the people did not believe, and yet even all those years later, Caleb's going I want that. <laughs> I want my land. I want my land that was promised to me. And it very clearly says that God gave him the victory over the, the children of Anak, or these, or these giants. And then he went up to Deber, and he, and he had a battle there. And he made a promise very similar to what David's going to make a promise later when it comes to taking Jerusalem. Whoever conquers this city gets my daughter as a wife. Uh, hopefully she was a pretty girl and, and motivated these guys to battle. Obviously she was, because he wanted her, <laughs> and he took this took this battle and won. And he gave it gave his wife, and then she asked her father for a good piece of land. And then he and then on top of that she goes, you know, by the way, give us some some good water for our for our for our land. Pretty bold, pretty bold woman especially in that day and age, because you weren't, the women didn't have a lot of rights and didn't have a lot of speaking up. So Caleb definitely loved his, loved his daughter and was ready to reward her with all of these blessings that, that came her way. So we look at this and, and just look and say, you know, Caleb gets that little northern portion there really close to Jerusalem, and that's his land, his, his mountain, his, his territory that he begged for. And as we said last week, he could have been, you know, he was a senior senior veteran out of there. He could have said, "Well, you know, Joshua, you know, I'm ready. I'm ready to retire. Give me this this valley here that's already been conquered, and I'll be and I'll be happy." But that wasn't his his desire. His desire was, "I want I want that hard land to get. I want that area that's hard to take, and God will give it to me." And then it shows that God blessed him with it, and gave him his land that he wanted. All right. Anybody want to read all these names? <laughs> Verse 21. And the uttermost tribe of the uh, cities of the tribe of the children of Judah toward the coast of Edom southward were Kabzarel and Eder and Jagur and Kina and Dibona and Adabdab and Kadesh and Hazor and Ithnan and Zith and Telm and Beth Olam. Bethel Loth, excuse me, and Hazor, and Hadatta, and Kirioth, and Hezron, which is Hazor, Ammon, 
and Shema and Moadab and Hazagada and Heshnam and Beth Palet and Hazushual and Beersheba and Bizjoth Ha and Baal Ha and Eim and Azem and Elilad and Shizi and Horma and Ziglag and Manna and Shan Shanna and Leboth and Sheath Shilhim and Ain and Rimon and the cities were are twenty nine in their villages. And in the valley, okay, so there are twenty nine cities in the north. And in the valley in verse thirty three, Eshtaal and Zoreha and Ashna and Zonoa and Elkanim and Topua and Elman, Jamu, Abdolam and Soka and Azika and Sha'arim and Adithim and Kedara and Kedarothadim, 14 cities in their villages. So 14 cities in the valley. And you know, we look at these, and these names don't mean a whole lot to you. Some of them sound familiar at occasion when I say them. But again, it's showing them these are real places, real time, and it's history. What language are these? Well, some of them are Hebrew, some of them are Canaanites, some of them are Jebusites, some of them are Pezzites. They're not English names, no, they're not English names. Many of them are still around. Many of them are still around. Uh, some of them, if you listen carefully, you hear names that, that you're familiar with even to this day. Uh, some of them have probably been renamed over the years. Uh, but again, the whole idea of this is that it is historical document. And he's laying these places out. And if they are lost, they go find them. And they'll find them in the territory that Judah was mapped out for. All right. Verse 37. Janan and Hadasha and Middagad and Delian and Mizpah and Jachethel and Lachish and Bozka and Eglon and Kabon and Laman and Kiddish and Kidaroth and Bethdagon and Nemal and Makedah, 16 cities and their villages. Lebna and Ather and Ashen and Jiphtha and Asha and Nezib and Kila and Achzib and Maresha, nine cities and their villages. Ekron, which would be a town you probably would remember because it's still famous into this day, with her towns and her villages. From Ekron even into the sea, all that lay near Astad and their villages, Astad with her towns and her villages, Gaza with her towns and her villages unto the river of Egypt and the great sea and the border thereof and in the mountains, Shemar and Jatir and Soka and Danan and Kirjashana, which is Deber, and Anab, and Esterkomoth, and Anim, and Goshen, and Holon, and Gihon, seven cities with their villages, Arab and Domoth, and Eshan, and, Ak and Janum, and Bethpua, and Afeka, and Humnata, and Kirjarab, which is Hebron, and Zaror, nine cities and their villages, Ma'an, Carmel, 
and Zith, and Jatah, and Bezrael, and Jachtedam, Jonah, Cain, Gibeah, and Timon, ten cities and their villages, Hul, Bezur, and Gidor, and Mahara, and Bethanoth, and Eltekon, six cities and their villages, Kirjah Baal, which is Kirjah Jearim, and Rabath, two cities and their villages. In the wilderness, Beth Midin, and Sekerka, and Nibshan, and their city, the Salt, and Engedi, six cities and their villages. As for the Jebusites, the inhabitants of Jerusalem, the children of Judah could not drive them out, but the Jebusites dwell with the children of Judah at Jerusalem unto this day. All right, so we have this long list of names and everything. So, and again, the point of all of this was to show that there are real cities there. And then there's little little thing in there. They were given Jerusalem, but they couldn't take it. And then it has this little statement that it, the, the Jebusites dwell with the children of Judah in Jerusalem and to this day, so this book was obviously written before David became king. And probably long before David became king. So, any questions on verse, chapter 15? <laughs> and no, I'm not reading all these words again. All right, chapter 16. And the lot of the children of Joseph fell from Jordan by Jericho and to the water of, Je of Jericho to the, on the east, and the wilderness that goes up from Jericho unto Mount Bethel, and goes out from Bethel to Luz, and passes along the borders of Ach Achi to Ataroth, and comes down westward to the coast of Jaletai, unto the coast of Beth Horan, and the nether, and to Gezer, and to the goings out thereof that are at the sea. So the children of Joseph, Manasseh, and Ephraim took their inheritance. So again, we look here on your maps, if you see it, from Jordan to the Great Sea, above Jerusalem, you see Ephraim and Manasseh, the two children of, of Joseph. That, be, that Remember we talked about Jacob took the first two sons of Jake, uh, Joseph as his, his children, and that's why there's, uh, Dave, uh, Joseph gets two uh, divisions into the land, one for Manasseh, one for, for Ephraim, and remember, half-tribe of Manasseh is, is on the east side of the Jordan, and half-tribe of Manasseh is on the, south, or the west side of, of Jordan. And they both get that huge central part, and they get what is basically Egypt, uh, uh, Israel today, is the tribe of Manasseh and uh, Ephraim. is a big part of their, their territory is what is e Israel today and Judah. All right, verse 5. And the border of the children of Ephraim, according to their families, was thus, even to the border of their inheritance, and to the east side was Ataroth, Adar, and Beth Horan, the upper, and which if you think about those, those are pretty much the, the towns we just named off for Judah. So we're seeing a, a mix there. And the border went to, toward the sea to Michmethah, on the north side, and the border went up eastward unto Shiloh, and passed by it on the east side to Jahnoha, and it went down from Jahnoha to At-Oroth, and to Neoroth, and came to Jericho, and went out at Jordan. 
and the border went out from Tupua westward unto the river Kina, and the goings out thereof were at the sea. This is the inheritance of the tribe of the children of Ephraim by their families. So Ephraim is right above Jerusalem from the river Jordan all the way out to the great sea. And the separate cities of the children of Israel were among the inheritance of the children of Manasseh, all the cities and their villages, and they drove not out of the Canaanites that dwell in Gezer, but the Canaanites dwell among the Ephraimites to this day to serve under tribute. So the Ephraimites did not kill the Canaanites, which was, of course, what they were supposed to do. So, so far in our two chapters that we have seen, the Jebusites have not been kicked out of the, of the promised land, and the Canaanites are not completely kicked out of the promised land. And the Canaanites are going to continue to dwell in the, with, among the Ephraimites, and the Jebusites up amongst where the Judah is supposed to own. And this is kind of the sad part of the book of Joshua as we look into it, is that they never totally eliminate the nations they were supposed to eliminate. And most of these nations are going to cause them problems on into the future. The ones they didn't kill, the ones that they left in, in behind. Well, they put them under tribute, which meant that they were paying taxes, but they couldn't, but they couldn't drive them out. They couldn't, kill, couldn't or wouldn't drive them out. Uh, God said it, he was going to give them victory, so I wouldn't say they couldn't. It's more the fact that they wouldn't. And for us as Christians, we have to be careful when we go, when God asks us to deal with some sin in our life or some issue in our life, he gives us the victory and the power to do so. But so often we will go, oh God, I'm just not really sure that I want to get rid of this, this uh, issue in my life or this thing in my life. And we may not be quite that bold with them. You know, we might decide, well, it's just, usually we'll hear, well, I just can't get victory over that area. It's my besetting sin. I just, I just can't overcome it. Well, if you, and God, if you have God on your side, you can overcome any besetting sin you just have to decide you want to get rid of it. That's what it comes down to. We don't want to get rid of that problem. Just as the children of Israel ultimately did not really want to get rid of their enemy because God said, I'm going to drive them out. I will get rid of them you know, if you just go forward and fight. And we go back to Caleb. Caleb fights one of the hardest enemies. He goes, he's got his little family going up against the giants. And God delivers the giants to them. And he's on a fighting uphill as well. And you know, Judah was saying, well, we can't beat the, beat the Jebusites in Jerusalem, or Jebu, uh, Jebusalem, I think is what it was originally. You know, we can't beat them because whatever reason they give, you know, they're uphill, they've got a strong, strong city. And Ephraim saying, we can't get rid of the Canaanites. And you can just picture God shaking his head. He says, I'm going to give you the victory. All you've got to do is go fight them. Yeah. And I think in, ultimately, as pointed out, they wanted the tribute from them. They wanted them paying taxes. They, they didn't want to fight anymore. It was easier to get money from them than to totally annihilate them so that they would not be a problem. But that also shows the short-sightedness of man. How often do we, even in our own life, not get rid of something thinking that, well, it's not that big a deal? Lot, when he was being pulled out of Sodom, he goes, well, can't I go to this little town of Zor? It's just a little town. It, it just has a little town with a little bit of sin, not, not like the rest of the valley that you're destroying. And the angels let him go there and then continue out. 
No. But so often we as humans will say, well, God is just a little thing. It's really not that big. I was talking to a guy today, and he was going, have you ever watched a particular show? And I'm going, no, because every time, I, every commercial I see has nothing but, you know, vulgar and ill, you know, and innuendo that I don't want to watch. He goes, well, it's not that bad. I'm going, yeah, but you don't understand. I don't want to watch that kind of stuff. Now, this, this guy was probably not a Christian, you know, in, in his thinking processes, but yet we as Christians will do the same thing. Well, that show's not that bad. The music I listen to, the songs I've been listening to aren't that bad. The books I'm reading aren't that bad. The, the activities I'm doing aren't that bad. And you know what? In one sense, you're right. None of those things are going are to keep you from being a Christian. But when you're feeding the wrong part of your soul, it eventually grows. You, know, you start feeding on shows that you shouldn't be watching, and before long, you're watching lots of shows just like it. Or worse, you're listening to music that is just like it or worse. You're reading books that is just like it or worse. You're, you're starting to suffer in various areas, and sin just gets worse. It never stays the same. And anybody who's been caught up in sin knows that that's a fact. You know, whether it's drugs and alcohol, which we see very clearly takes you deeper and deeper. We see people that get into sexual sins who keep going deeper and deeper into their sexual sins. You know, people who steal do more and more stealing. You know, whatever it is that you do is never stays at some low level. If you start telling lies, you start telling these innocent, innocent white lies, and before long, you're finding yourself just being a liar for the sake of lying. If you're an angry person, you start just being angry at everybody for no reason. Unforgiveness, no matter what it is, it keeps growing. And here we see the children of Israel did not, would not <laughs> get rid of the people that were in their territories. And as we go on in, we're going to see that these people give them lots of headaches. Because when you put a person under, a nation under tribute, it doesn't stay under tribute all the time. It eventually will rebel. And we're going to see, as we, as we look at other scriptures, that that happens with Canaan. They're going to rebel. Chapter 17 we're covering a lot of chapters tonight, but there's not a lot of application in them. There was also a lot for the tribe of Manasseh, for he was the first bone of Joshua, or Joseph, and to wit, for Micah, the first bone of Manasseh, the father of Gilead, because he was the man of the war, therefore he had Gilead and Bashan. There was also a lot for the rest of the children of Manasseh by their families, for the children of Abizar and for the children of Hilech, and for the children of Asherel, and the children of Shechem, and the children of Hifer, and the children of Shemidah. These were the male children of Manasseh, the son of Joseph, by their families. But Zelophehad, the son of Hifer, the son of Gilead, the son of Mekar, the son of Manasseh, had no sons, but the daughters are these. And these are the names of his daughters, Matla, and Noah, and Hagla, and Milcha, and Terza. And they came near to Eleazar the priest before Joshua the son, and before Joshua the son of Nun, and before the princes, saying, "The Lord commanded Moses to give us an inheritance among our brethren. Therefore, according to the commandment of the Lord, he gave them an inheritance among the brethren of their fathers." All right, we're going to stop there for just a moment because we're going to rehearse a story that you may or may not remember. Back in 
the book of Numbers 27, these, three, these daughters went to Moses and said, it's not fair that we're not going to get land because, we, because we're not male. If you remember that story. And uh, so Moses said, well, just a moment, and, you know, and he went to God. And God agreed that it wasn't fair that they didn't get an inheritance. Now, there was one criteria put on these women. And does anybody remember what the criteria was that, 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 God, that God put on them? They had to marry somebody within the tribe of Manasseh so that the land was not taken away from Manasseh and given to another tribe. So God says, yes, you get land, but you have to marry within your tribe to keep the name within, your, within Manasseh. Because if they married somebody from Judah, then the male would have the inheritance and it would be taken out of Manasseh and given to Judah. So just trying to refresh your story. That was from Numbers 27, that, that whole story there. Uh, but uh, again, we see these little pieces. We see these pieces going back to things we've studied before. All right. Verse 5, and there fell ten portions to Manasseh beside the land of Gilead and Bashan, which were on the other side of Jordan, because of the daughters of Manasseh had their inheritance among his sons, and the rest of Manasseh's sons had the land of Gilead. So we have them in two different places, east and west of the Jordan. And the coast of Manasseh was from Asher to Michmephtah that lies before Shechem, and the border sent went along the right-hand side of the inhabitants of Entapu'ah. Now Manasseh had the land of Tapu'ah, but Tapu'ah on the border of Manasseh belonged to the children of Ephraim. And the coast descended to the river Canaan, the southward to the, uh, toward the river, and the cities of Ephraim were among the cities of, of Manasseh. To the coast of Manasseh was also on the northwest side of the river, and the outgoings of it were at the sea. Southward it was to the, was Ephraim's, and northward was Manasseh, and the sea as his border. And they met together at Asher in the north, and in the at, and Issachar on the east. And Manasseh had in Issachar and in Asher Beth Shean and her towns, and Iblaam and her towns, and the inhabitants of Dor and her towns, and the inhabitants of Endor and her towns. Endor is another one of those names you would recognize from the Bible. The inhabitants of Endor and her towns, and the inhabitants of Tahanach and her towns, and the inhabitants of Megiddo and her towns, even three counties. And the children of Manasseh could not drive out the inhabitants of those cities, but the Canaanites would dwell in their land. And yet, yet it came to pass when the children of Israel waxed strong that they put the Canaanites to tribute, but did not utterly drive them out. All right, so we have Manasseh having the same problem as Ephraim and Judah. They cannot get rid of the Canaanites. And uh, a river, is, this is the border between Manasseh and Ephraim, and, and it goes again from Jor Jordan to the, Red sea, the Mediterranean Sea. I haven't lost anybody yet with all these names. Everybody knows everywhere where these cities are, right? Endor, wasn't she the witch? The witch of Endor, yes. The, the most famous mention of Endor from that portion is when Saul goes to consult the witch at Endor for the prophecy to call forth Saul. Uh, Samuel, excuse me. So that's where Endor is probably the most famous for in the yeah, scriptures. All right, verse 14. And the children of Joseph spoke unto Joshua, saying, why have you given me but one lot and one portion of inheritance, seeing I am a great people, for, for as much as the Lord hath blessed me? 
And Joshua answered them, If you be a great people, then get up to the wood country and cut down for yourself there the land of the Pezizites and of the giants. And, and if Mount Ephraim be too narrow for you, and the children of Joshua said, The hill is not enough for us, and all the Canaanites that dwell in the land of the valley have chariots of iron, both those who are in Bethlehem and her towns, and they who are in Jezreel. And Joshua spoke unto the house of Joshua, even Ephraim and Manasseh, Are you a great people, and have you great power? You shall not have one lot only, but the mountain shall be yours, for it is wood, and you shall cut it down, and the outgoings of it shall be yours, for you shall drive out the Canaanites, though they have iron chariots, and though they be strong. So Joshua is basically they're saying, "Hey, we're a lot of we we have a lot of people. We should get more. We should get more land." And Joshua is kind of being nice to them. He says, "Oh, there's a nice mountain. It's got a lot of trees and giants. Go take it." You know, they and he goes, "And you will get rid of the Canaanites, even though they have iron chariots." Joshua is still a man of faith. He goes, God's going to give you this land. I don't care if they had, you know, basically Joshua could say, they could have nuclear weapons and God's going to give them that land to you because it's him driving them out and not you. And by the way, that mountain up there is yours. It's got giants and woods. God's giving you that land too, so go, go take it. And so he's basically, Joshua is challenging them. You don't like the little piece that, you, that, that you've already got conquered? Go conquer the rest of it. Go take the rest of it. And again, going back to our lives as a Christian, too many times we'll, we'll walk and wallow in defeat and say, God, I'm just, I'm so pent in here. I'm so tightly pinned in by all these sins. And God says, well, go defeat them. I'm with you. We'll go defeat them. And too often we'll sit back and say, well, nope, can't do it because we don't have the faith to do what God tells us to do. And when it comes down to trying to live in victory, God is the one that's going to give us the victory. And all we have to do is surrender to him and watch what he's going to do to give us victory. The problem is, too often, we don't really truly want victory. We'll say we do, but when push comes to shove, we go, nope, I want to stay where I'm at. I just want to, I want to, I'm happy with what I've got. God, I'm miserable, but, you know, this little, I got this one little area where, where I've got some victory, and I'll just be happy with that one little area, even though these other parts are oppressing me. And God says, basically shakes his head. Joshua shakes his head, you know, hey, God's given you the rest of this land, go take it. You, know, you don't think you can take the valley with the chariots? Go to the mountain and kill the giants. Take your pick, one, one or the other. And he goes, but that's all you're getting. That's all the land you're getting is the, the valley with the chariots or the mountain with the giants. And if you're really that strong of people, go get it. You got that many people, go get them. Chapter 18, and the whole of the congregation of the children of Israel assembled together at Shiloh and set up the tabernacle of the congregation there, and the land was subdued before them, and there remained among the children of Israel seven tribes which had not yet received their inheritance. And Joshua said unto the children, How long are you slack to go possess the land which the Lord your God, your fathers, has given unto you? Give out from among you three men for each tribe, and I will send them, and they shall rise up and go through the land and describe it according to the inheritance of them, and they shall come again into me. All right, so we're looking at here, the people are gathering in Shiloh. Shiloh is going to be where the tabernacle is going to stay until David moves it to Jerusalem. Okay, it's going to stay there. The tabernacle is being set up in Shiloh, and that Shiloh is where the worship of God will happen for many decades or century. And uh, 
And then he tells the people, you know, how long are you going to sit here on your butts? Go get your, go get your inheritance. And uh, because right now he's given out uh, the, everything from the northern and southern conquests. And then he says, we're going to send out three spies. They like sending spies out for some reason. Even though they haven't had much history with, you know, good success with these, with these spies. And these spies are going to do a good job. And he says, let them go out and, and give us landmark and we'll, we'll give you inheritance for you to go fight. But it already started out that they were assembled together because they were in, that there was peace. They, they, were, they were at peace at here. They're getting ready to send the two and a half tribes back east. Are you on, are you on chapter 18? 18. And there's still seven parts of the land to be divided. We have two and a half on the other side. We have the three so far, uh, the, two, two, the other two and a half on this side. So you've got five and there's 12 tribes in all. So there's seven more lots that are going to have to be given out. A uh, lot, of, lot of work to try to divide the land up between them. Verse, verse 5, And they shall divide it into seven parts. Judah shall abide in her coast on the south, and the house of Joshua. Uh, Joseph shall abide in her coast on the north. And you shall therefore describe the land in the seven parts, and bring the description here to me, that I may cast lots for you here before the Lord your God. But the Levites have no part among you, for the priesthood of the Lord is their inheritance, and, and Gad and Reuben and the half-tribe of Manasseh have received their inheritance beyond the Jordan on the east side, which Moses' servant has given to him. So he basically says, go scout out the land, and we'll divide the rest of it. It's, you, it's yours to take. And then in the re, re, reiterated statement, the Levites do not get a portion of land. They're going to be given cities that are going to be theirs throughout, throughout all the tribes. Verse 8. And the men arose and went away, and Joshua charged them, and they went to describe the land, saying, Go and walk through the land and describe it, and come again unto me, that I may cast lots for you before the Lord in Shiloh. And the men went and passed through the land and described it by its cities and into seven parts in a book, and came unto Joshua to the host of Shiloh. And Joshua cast lots for them at Shiloh for the Lord, for the, before the Lord, and there Joshua divided the land of the children of Israel according to their divisions. So they went out. Now who knows how long it took them to wander through all these places, and they're going to see the cities and the rivers and the, and the mountains, and they've described them. And basically, he sent them out to do a land survey. Go survey the land. Tell me where the rivers are, the cities are, the, the mountains are, and we're going to divide it by using the landmarks that you're bringing us to be able to divide the land. And uh, that's what surveyors used to do in the old days. They kind of marked out by survey and, and plotted the land and the, and the hills and everything. Are they still piling rocks for their surveys? Or? Uh, sometimes. Sometimes. And this time they didn't. But survey markers or whatever they Survey marker. Well, anything to, mark, anything to mark your territory. They liked natural boundaries because they didn't tend to move. Uh, However, when you picked a river, sometimes rivers moved on you after storms. So, you know, what used to be a border here could be 10, 10 miles the other direction later on because of a big storm changing the path of a river. So they liked mountains, they liked, they liked uh, cities, they liked things that aren't going to move. Uh, but rivers oftentimes were your boundaries, even though they might move. Verse 11. And the, Lot of the tribe of the children of Benjamin came up according to their families. The coast of their lot came forth between the children of Judah and, be, and the children of Joshua, uh, Joseph. And their border was on the north side was the Jordan. And the border went up from the side of Jericho and to the north side and went down, 
went up through the mountains westward and going out thereof were the wilderness of Beth then and the border went over from thence toward Luds and from the side of Luds unto Bethel southward and the mountain and the border descended unto Aturel Adar near the hill that lies on the south side of the nether Beth Horan and the border was drawn thence and the compass the corner of the sea southward from the hill that lies before Beth Horan southward and the goings out of the Kirjathal which is Kirjathjearim. I love that they give one very long name and give another name that it was a big long name that it was changed to. The city of the children of Judah, which was on the south, uh, west quarter and the south quarter from the end of Jephthah, and the border went out to the west and went out to the wells of the water of the Nephtoah. And to the border came down to the end of the mountain that lies before the valley of the son of Hinnon, and which is in the valley of the giants on the north, and descended into the valley of Hinnon, and to the side of Jebusi Jebu on the south, and descended into Enrogel, and was drawn from the north, and, and went forth unto Enshemesh, and went forth unto Gel-Eloth, which is over against the going up unto Adumnim, and descended to the stone of Behan, the son of Reuben, and passed along toward the side against the Arabah, northward, and went down to Arabah. Okay, this is the whole chapter, the rest of the chapter, okay. And the border passed along to the side of Beth Hoglah, northward, and the outgoings of the border were at the north bay of the Salt Sea, and the end of the Jordan, south end of the Jordan, and was was its south coast, and, and the Jordan was border of it on the east side, which was the inheritance of the children of Benjamin by the coast thereof round about to according to their families. So Benjamin's area basically is that area that includes Jerusalem. We see that it is right there on the corner of the, of the Dead Sea and, on, and just to the north. And so now the cities of the tribe of the children of Benjamin, according to their families, were Jericho and Beth Hoglah and the valley of Kizir and Beth Arbah and Zim Araim and Bethel and Avim and Parah and Ophrah and Kephahamonai and Ophni and Gabal, 12 cities and their villages, Gibeon and Ramah and Beruth and Bezpeth and Githira and Moza and Rechem and Irpiel and Tar'alah and Zela, Elaf and Jebusi, which, were, which is Jerusalem, Gibeath and Kirjab, 14 cities and their villages. This is the inheritance of the children of Bethlehem, according, uh, excuse me, Benjamin, <laughs> according to their families. Uh, so in there you see that they get these cities, they get Jericho, which is one that meant Bethel. Does anybody remember what event happened in Bethel? Bethel is house of God. It's the place where Jacob, when he was running from his brother, laid down his head and he saw the staircase into heaven and he said surely this is the place where God dwells and he named it house of God Bethel trying to get these stories trying to draw you back into the stories that lead to some of these names to give you some kind of pinning down of of these names it's all here because God wanted us to know that these were real places you know because he could have just said that and they had this much territory yeah.
And then people would have gone, well, so what? You know, is this a real, is this a real event? And this, as we've said before, Joshua is a historic book. It tells us the history of the people. Whoever wrote this part knew how to spell names. To them, these cities are pretty, pretty easy. For us, it would be like saying we went from Salt Lake to to Denver, and from Denver to Colorado City, and from Colorado City to to uh, Phoenix, and from Phoenix to New Mexico, Albuquerque, and you know. Those names would mean something to us as Americans. These names mean a whole lot to the Israelites and to the to that Middle Eastern area. These cities all have are cities that they would know, and that's why they're listed here. And for us, we look at them and say, "Boy, they're tongue tie, they're tongue twisters, and they're and they're hard to say." So all these places where I read the word Beth, it means house, and then whatever it means afterwards. Chapter 19. We're just going to read these because. I want to get done with all the names so I can have it easier next. The second lot came forth to Simeon, even for the tribe of the children of Simeon, according to their families and their inheritance, which was within the inheritance of the children of Jake, Judah. So if you look at Simeon's borders on the map, and he kind of mentions it, the land of Simeon is encompassed by Judah. Because Judah's borders go all the way, if you remember, it said to the great river, which is Egypt. And, and they have in there, as part of their land, Goshen and all those places. But Simeon sits in the middle of Judah. And this is what it says here. And they had for their inheritance between Beersheba, or Sheba, and Moladah, and Hazashulah, and Bala, and Azim, and El-Tulad, and Bethal, and Hormah, and Ziglag, and beth both and Hazuzusah, and beth le and Sharuhen, 13 cities and their villages, Anin, Remen, Ether, Ashen, four cities and their villages, and all the villages that were around about these cities, beth of beer Ramoth in the south, and the inheritance of the tribe of the Simeon according to their families. Out of the portion of the children of Judah was the inheritance of the children of Simeon, for the part of the children of Judah was too much for them. Therefore, the children of Simeon had their inheritance within their inheritance for them. So in other words, this just told us that Judah got too much land for how many people they had. <laughs> and you think they stretched from all the way from Jerusalem down to Egypt for all practical purpose. And God says, that's too much land for you, so you're going to give up some of your land and it's going to go to to uh, Simeon after they ma mapped out everything. Verse 10, and the third lot came into the children of Zebulon according to their families, and the borders of their inheritance were Sarid, and their border went up toward the sea, and Maharah, and reached unto Dabasheth, and reached to the river that is before Jachneam, and turned from Sarid eastward toward the sun, sun rising to the border of Kishloth Tabor, and then go, goes out to Dabarath and goes up to Japhia, and from thence passed along the east to Kitafur and Itakazim, and goes out to Raman Methol-Ar to Ne'ar, and the border campused it to the north side at Hina Athan, and to the outgoings thereof into the valley of Jephthah-El, and Ketar, and Nahal, and Shimroth, 
and Idilah and Bethlehem, 12 cities and their villages. This is the inheritance of the children of Zebulun according to their families and the, and the cities of their villages. So Zebulun, if you looked at uh, here on the map, was way, way up toward Galilee, up in the mountain area there in Gal up the, on to the west side of Galilee. And that's their territory. And the fifth lot came out of the tribe of the children of Asher according to their families, and their border was Helkath and Hatli and Beten and Achshef and Alamelech and Ahmad and Mishiel and reached into Carmel westward unto Shehor Lenath and turned toward the sunrising to Beth Dagon and reached to Zebulun and to the valley of Zithael toward the side, north side of Beth El Mak and Ni'el and goes out to Kabul on the left and Hebron and Rohath and Haman and Nakana, even to the great Zidon. And to the coast turned to Rimon, to the strong city Tyre, and the coast turned to Hesha, and the outgoings thereof are at the sea from the coast of Akzib, Umath also, Afeth, and Rahab, 22 cities and their villages. This is the inheritance of the tribe of Asher, according to their families and their cities and their villages. So Asher, according to those names, you should, could remember those from our studies in Ezekiel, would be that northern western part, because it includes uh, Sidon and Tyre. And remember, those two cities, we've been talking a lot about them four weeks ago in, in Ezekiel. Let's take this last in, last tribe's inheritance, uh, verse 40. And the seventh lot came to the tribe of the children of Dan, according to their families. And the coast of their inheritance was Zoar and Estolo and Ir Shemesh and Sha'al Abin and Al-Aj-Alan and Jethla and Elon and Timna-Atha and Ekron and el Teka and Gibbethon, and Baal-ath, and Jehud, and Benebech, and Gath-Ramon, and Mejarkon, and Rakon, were the, were the border before Jephoth, and the coast of the children of Dan went out too little for them, therefore the children of Dan went up to fight against Lesh. Lechem and took it and smote it with the edge of the sword and possessed it and dwelt therein and called Lechem Dan after the name of Dan their father. This is the inheritance of the tribe of the children of Dan according to their families and their cities and their villages. So Dan is that little spot. Verse 49, and when they had made an end dividing the land for the inheritance by their coast and the children of Israel gave the inheritance to Joshua the son of Nun among them, according to the word of the Lord, they gave him a city which he asked for, even Timnath Shethan on the Mount Ephraim, and he built the city and dwelt therein. And these are the inheritance of Eliezer, the priest of the Joshua, the son of Nun, and the heads of the fathers of the tribes of the children of Israel divided for an inheritance by Lot at Shiloh before the Lord. At the door of the tabernacle, so the for the congregation, so they made an end of dividing the country. All right. We're going to end there at, ch at chapter 19. <laughs> uh, Enough reading for one day. <laughs> but the whole point of this is, again, all these places are real places, and it showed where God established his people. And it also goes to show how much trouble they had obeying God to drive out the people. 
And this is going to be a problem that Israel is going to have. It's a problem they had all the time of, jo uh, of Moses when all they did was complain about everything that they came across. They, they entered, wouldn't enter the land, and then they came, when they finally entered the land, they still do not totally annihilate their people. Saul later on is not going to be obedient and kill, kill all the Am Amalekites, and that's when he loses his kingdom. And all through the history of Israel, there's these times when they just don't obey God and they don't get the blessings. Well, part of it is they're still in trouble today because of some of these people they didn't, didn't destroy. So they, they, they hurt themselves by not being obedient to God, just as we hurt ourselves when we're not obedient to God in the long run, even though we don't always see it that way. Let's close in prayer, and then we'll... Lord, we just thank you for this day. We thank you for how much you love and care for us. We ask that you show us how to live in a stronger obedience to you and live in the victory that you want to give us. And we just thank you in Jesus' name. Amen.